This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. The best laid plans of mice and men often go awry. Well, that old saying is true, and it's especially true of fly fishers. The best laid plans of mice and fly fishers often go awry. For sure. So I remember, Dave, the first time that you and I really fished together was uh, it was on a backpacking trip into Blankenbaker Flats. Remember that? I do. I so do. I do. The Little Belt Mountains, kind of, what was it, southeast of Great Falls, yeah, Montana? something like that. Yeah. I still so, walking, remember walking across that long stretch of prairie before we even got to the mountain. Do that's you right. It was a, kind of a, a, a valley. Yeah, we were walking through kind of some somebody's ranch and, uh, yep, yeah. kind of seeing that mountain in the distance. And we got up there and we caught, caught a lot of fish, we? Didn't did. We did. They had that beautiful waterfall. Oh, that was, that? yeah, where we, where we pose for pictures. Yeah. And <laughs> didn't you sprain your ankle I up did. there? We kind of had to help you. We were, uh, yeah. it was quite the adventure. So we did this when we were both 18, our freshman year of college. So the next fall, we're going to do it again. We're 19. Uh, the guy that took us back in there w- had had moved, but uh, we were going to go back. And so that weekend came, and it was the weather was terrible. The, yeah, the clouds were dark and thick, and it was going to be rainy. But hey, we are very wise 19 year olds, just yes, believing we that we could still go back in there and make it work out. And, and I'll never forget that our friend Paul, who must have been, what, 26, 27, came along. And I think it's not only because he liked the adventure, but he wanted to make sure we didn't do anything stupid. <laughs> so I think we started out, and there was this heavy downpour, so we said, forget this. And we remember we drove over to Augusta, Montana, yeah. and from there up into the, uh, well, the, the scapegoat, right to it? the edge of the scapegoat wilderness area, and we, we camped just outside the wilderness area in the national forest and that turned out to be a good decision was but, that the time that remember it was so muddy out and there was construction i oh, had to put yes, my head out the window yeah. of the car well, I was, and then my and I, face got i was doing that splattered too. with mud you were you had your head out the driver's window because you were driving your nova and and i had mine out the passenger window because yeah there was a stretch of highway where they were working on it and we were going up that grade and we couldn't see couldn't because see the mud was coming so it was hard. so thick, yeah. Yeah, off of what, a truck yeah, or something? Yeah, it was something? a big semi, and, I think. And we couldn't stop or you'd get stuck in that. And you're, you had the wipers going, but it was just, <laughs> you know, it's just like smearing paint, yeah. brown paint I on did the not windshield. think we'd have a good end to that weekend. Oh, man. But man, it cleared up and Augusta, Montana was fabulous. I know. Well, there's a case where the best laid plans of mice and men often go awry. So... What we want to talk about today is planning versus flexibility. You, you have to make plans, but sometimes you have to change those plans. you got to be flexible. So when you think about putting together a trip, whether it's a one-day trip or a five-day trip, there is an art of putting together a great fly fishing trip that balances planning and flexibility. So let's talk about that today. I think this is a good topic, part in part because you're the planner, 
And it's yeah. not that I'm not a planner. You can't be in business for 20 years and no. not be a planner. But you, I think you're, I think it's like your secret sauce. But one of the things that we've baked into the planning through the years is the idea of flexibility. Yeah. And I think this should be a, a helpful podcast to those of you who uh, really need to balance the two as you think about putting together a fly fishing yeah. trip. Yeah. Because you're, you're right. You're probably on, they're probably on one side or the other. Yeah. It might be a personality uh, thing. Yeah. I can be too, uh, I can over plan things. In fact, that's, that was the joke growing up. My mom said, and I still don't know if this is true, but she said she found a list on my, oh, kind of on my desk when I was in high school in my bedroom that said, make a list of lists. But that's, that's how I'm the <laughs> oldest child. I tend to do that. I, I how have, did you and I ever become friends? Well, yeah, I know that's a good question because I remember in your dorm room, I'd go in your dorm room and there's there's cash just crumpled on the floor under your desk. And I think, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. We, we still see that, don't we, though, when we stay somewhere in a, in a motel, like a Super 8 when we're fly fishing, oh, you know? Yeah. We're, yeah, you, you're, you're like my youngest son, Luke. Yeah. I just yeah. get up and fish. Yeah. You got to plan everything I and know. then put your clothes on and then brush the teeth. And... You know, see, you've you've been a good balance to me that way. And so is my wife because she's a very random personality. And and I always thought, I mean, it was it was naivete more than arrogance. But I always thought that, like, when we got married, I thought, well, I'll help her be more of an organized planner, list maker. Well, it, it dawned on me that, that my personality type, we're not the ones who get the job done. We plan it, but she'd have the job done while I'm still trying to figure exactly. out exactly. Yeah, it's it's like You're first... also not very fun to be with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks. Well, it doesn't say a lot for you because no. you haven't ditched me so far. But no, EMTs, first responders, they're not my personality type. They're my wife's type. They're probably your type. So, yeah, those of you who 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 over plan everything will have to work on the flexibility. Those of you who just fly by the seat of your pants uh, may benefit from some of my mad planning skills, Dave. <laughs> you do have mad oh, planning man. skills. And I, I tip my hat to that and I'm very grateful. It makes for really, really great trips, but, but you and others have taught me then you got to be flexible. You just have to be flexible. Yeah, you do. You just yeah. have to roll. So we're going to talk initially about basic things to have in place. And I so think this is the planning side. This right? is the planning yeah. side. I okay. think this is true. And you've taught me this. I think it's true for day trips. You know, and you and I will take a day trip up to mm -hmm. Wisconsin. We get up early, drive four hours, fish for four hours, and drive four hours back. Yeah. Oh, we eat for two hours in there yeah, as well. Yeah, that's right. But that's... I think it's true for day trips as well as four to five day trips. Don't you think? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think we've learned that because uh, if you're gone the whole day, it's it's different than when you lived in Colorado. I lived in Montana. We could just... Okay, I've got three hours. Your gear's in the back of the truck. You just go do it. You go it. fish, yeah. But when you're living somewhere where even a day trip, uh, you know, you, you haven't fished for a couple of weeks, uh, you don't just drive out to the truck and know that your gear's there. Uh, yeah, you have to plan. You're going to get there and find out, oops, I left this behind. Yeah, have done that. Even when we've planned. Yeah. Now, what have you left behind? I've, well, you mean those two fly rods on, oh, the, yeah, on the plane? Yeah, that, that's right. You left those behind. <laughs> One of them was a sage. Oh, man. I Yeah, and I've left my rod on the, you know, on the trail, on the truck, you know, leaving from the trailhead. But though sometimes I, I got out once to the lower Madison. Actually, it was the bear trap in the Madison. realized 
I left. I had taken the fly boxes out of my vest, so I had to, I had to beg some off of my friend. And uh, so, yeah, planning's important. Uh, you're right. Day trips as well as four and five day trips. So, what are some of the basic things then to plan for to have in place? So, I, I do think you need to plan for flexibility. So, I think you need to have a plan A and a plan B. We do this when, even mm-hmm. on the day trips, as I mentioned earlier, up to Wisconsin. There's this one mm-hmm. stream that we'll fish, but you know, frankly, it's often yeah booked with fly fishers. So. And so you have to have that plan B. Okay, so yeah. this is packed. Where am I going to go? Right. right. Or otherwise, you're just not going to fish. Right. If, if all you have is is one plan, one opportunity, and that doesn't materialize, then get you eat and go home, yeah, right? Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. You drive all that way and then drive all the way back. Yep. But I think that's true also on the five day trips, right? So we, mm-hmm. you know, we think, I think when we plan these longer trips, we, we, beforehand have a, a schedule of what we're going to fish. Right. We're going to come here on a Sunday. We're going to fish this on Monday. On Tuesday, yeah. we want to mm-hmm. do a float. On right. Wednesday, we're going to come back and fish mm-hmm. X. And so there's a plan that's laid yeah. out. But right. then there's plan B, and we go, you know, mm-hmm. if fishing this year is really bad on X, yeah. then we'll try Y. Mm-hmm. And, and so I do think that part of the planning is built in flexibility. Yeah. We've had that happen. I mean, a couple of years ago, a few years ago, one of the places that was our, uh, like, this was going to be the crown, you know, moment of our trip, uh, got there and found out, eh, it's yeah. just not fishing well this year. So plan B turned out well. It wasn't it as good, but it was fun. I had a ton And of sometimes fun. plan B pushes you into a plan C, you know? Yeah, I mean, it starts to, good. It actually forces you to think more creatively about where you can fish. So I do think part of the basic things to have in place, if you're going to plan, is both is to have flexibility built in. So you have a plan A, you have a plan B. What about lodging, Steve? Yeah, lodging's important. Um, I guess a lot of ways that you can go about doing this. Uh, we've kind of figured out some of the places where we fish, sort of what the threshold is. So we typically won't book any motels, uh, you know, before we get, say, we get to Montana. We're staying with, we're staying with friends, relatives, anyway. But there's always like a one or two days where we want to get closer to Yellowstone, or or once when we were down in Wyoming, and and. So we're going to get a motel. We we've kind of figured out that unless it's kind of in this opening win- window of yes, hunting season right, or something like or, that, or you know, last two weeks in July, that we can generally, you know, jump on uh, online and usually using orbits uh, or Priceline or something. Right. Uh, we'll we'll just book a a room and and I like orbits. Maybe the others work this way too because you can often book a room without having to. Uh, yeah, you can, uh, yeah, that's you can an option it. on Priceline, yeah. Right. So that works well because we've sometimes booked rooms and then something's changed. And it's nice to be able to cancel that, you know, a few hours in advance. By the way, and this should be patently obvious, obvious you can't do this with family, right? So, uh, and you can't do it in the middle of the summer. So often when we fish, Steve and I are trying to fish those alternative times of the years when yes, fishing right. is great and... And the pressure is low, mm-hmm. so you do have that ability to basically choose your lodging on the fly. Yeah. You have in yep. mind where you're gonna you're gonna stay, and you might call ahead to say, "Hey, do you have rooms?" Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you can say you don't yeah. have to book it that way. You don't have to cancel it, or you don't have to pay for something you've already yep. 
uh, you're gonna st- you're not gonna stay there. Yeah, so. exactly. Because ch- plans will change. So another thing to have in place would be intel. I mean, I guess you get the intelligence so that you can put together a good plan. But Dave, what are some ways that we go about gathering intelligence? I mean, that's a huge part of our of our planning, isn't it? It sounds so simple to say this. It almost sounds stupid to say this. But I'm surprised about people who don't simply pick up the phone, call the fly shop, right? Mm -hmm. Or get on their website. Or simply get on their website. I always find when you talk to them, you get better intel, right? Yeah. But, Mm -hmm. like, for example, the Driftless Angler, they have good intel on their website, which is in uh, western Wisconsin and Viroqua. Or a lot of these flies, in fact, one of the the standards for me being a good fly shop is that they actually keep their website updated. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think collecting intel is not simply only going to the website. No, you're it's, right. There's no substitute for a phone conversation. There's no sub- yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's just multiple sources of, of intelligence mm-hmm. to kind of put together, okay, I think this might be the best place that we should fish. So this is core to planning. Yep. So good intelligence it is. is really core to planning. And when you call a fly shop, and be honest about this, don't say this if it isn't true, but I will always say either, hey, and I've, I've been in your shop a number of times over the years and you know, really really appreciate the intel you've given me. And sometimes I'll even say, yeah, you know, I, hey, I was in a couple years ago, bought some waders and I'm going to be back out. Uh, could you tell me about the Yellowstone River, whatever it is? And, you know, fly shops, they're very eager to give you that information. Or sometimes I'll say, hey, I'm coming, you know, we're coming in two weeks to you know, whatever it is, to Wisconsin or to Montana. And, you know, we plan on stopping by the fly shop. We want to pick up some flies. But just had some questions ahead of time as to what's working best. Now, yeah, I don't say that if it's not true, but... I think when fly shop owners or, or staff know that you will use them, that you'll actually buy some stuff, um, yeah, they're yeah, they're more than willing to yeah, give you good sure. input. So what else? Fly shops, uh, their websites. Um, I, you know, often if you're doing a fly fishing trip, and let's say it's not a family trip, it's you and a buddy, or even you by yourself. Um, if you're going to book a float, that really needs to be planned in advance, generally, yeah. mm-hmm. especially if it's during a time in which the fly shops are usually packed. You usually need to do that in advance. Mm-hmm. Although, we've even talked to some fly shops where they said, you know, could be good Thursday, could be good Friday, we have an opening, um, and they've let us be flexible on even that. That's but I, really nice. Isn't that yeah. nice? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, so that's not something that happens all the time. But I yeah. do think if you're doing a, flo- a float, a flout. <laughs> a flout. If you're, a flout. If, if you're you, flishing, if to you're use fl- my word from a previous <laughs> podcast, on a flout. On a f- <laughs> flishing on a flout. There we go. Oh, goodness. But obviously you have to lock that in. Yeah, you And do. you have to kind of build the other days around it. And sometimes you're just stuck. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's a horrible weather, bright and sunny, mm-hmm. and the fish aren't rising, and you're on a float, well, that's the day you mm-hmm. chose. But I do think you have to have that pillar kind of in there at the beginning of yeah. the, of the, of the pr- uh, planning process. You really do. So one of the things that we've done, too, and this relates back to Intel, is uh, going back to the same area year after year, and... You go to the Bozeman area, let's say, or Bozeman, Montana, or uh, maybe you fish uh, the, the the Missouri near Helena, Montana, or whatever it happens to be. You're, you're on the Deschutes in Oregon, and, 
and go back there, you know, year after year, because you will start to build up this, uh, this pool of knowledge. It's, it's your own Intel. And, and it's not that you can't do anything new, but it, I think it's important to, uh, find some places you like, and the best intel is is really what you learn when you're out there. So, you know, factor that in as well. You know, maybe that leads into something else. The other thing that we might say about things to have in place when you're making a plan, and that's doing something old and something new. We've tried to do that, yeah, right? Absolutely. So, if you're going to a, a place that, like, we'll go back to Montana usually every spring or fall, and we may be there four days, maybe five at the most, and there are just some places we're going to hit that, that are just good year after year. But we've we've kind of disciplined ourselves, and some years we've just had to do it out of necessity, but we've, we've kind of disciplined ourselves. We're always going to try something new, you know, a new area, a new stretch of river, a new lake that we haven't fished, and... That's that requires planning, right? It does. It really does. And I think because we fish Montana every year, when we're there, we're always at least at the end of the trip, we're always thinking, you know, next year we should try X. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's how you decided that we should fish Quake Lake. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. But and even the Gardner River that time, because you know, I think when we first floated those, no pun intended, those ideas, like, well, why would we do that? We've We've got these other aces in the hole, but uh, man, those you do. turned out to be great. Absolutely, don't you need they? to add the new. Yeah, I guess I was thinking. We talked about these are basic things to have in place. Maybe to use the old. Who was that uh, guy? T- did the book Seven Habits of Highly Effective? Oh yeah, Stephen Covey. Yeah, yeah. he also mm-hmm. had that book that followed that. First things first. <clears throat> Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he had the thing where you talk about putting the big rocks in the bucket mm-hmm. first. Yeah. What we just talked about are really the big rocks. That's in the, a good analogy. Yeah, yep. big rocks in the bucket of planning. Yeah. For a fly fishing trip. Yep. So those are the basic things to have in place. Now, flexibility. Let's talk about that, Dave. This is your area, so <laughs> you start us off. Mr. Random Flexible, <laughs> throw my clothes in the corner in the floor in a big ball. And, and oh, there's my cash, too. Oh, there's my $100 yeah, bill. Yeah. I wondered where that was. <laughs> <laughs> so I do think there's this. And one problem with this is the anal retentive mindset, right? I'm going to do this on that day, and I'm going to fish this and catch this, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to. And it, it's this hyper suburban maybe over planning overthinking uh mindset and i just think you have to get over it why are you glancing at me as you say (laughs) these things dave i'm eyeing at i'm eyeing you darkly um but i I just you know it's just a mindset you have to overcome because as we all know life doesn't happen like we plan i mean is your life where you're at right now exactly fly fishing is a great metaphor for life isn't it truly is is. in fact It's it's almost like you can plan up until you st- step into the mm-hmm. river, and then everything changes. That's right. right. Yeah. And so, uh, so I do think if you're one of those people who struggle with rules and and life is is in a series of uh, you know simple steps, and you have your underwear and little squares in your uh, dresser drawer, then you kind of need to loosen up a bit if you want to catch more fish. Oh so, man, I do, Dave. <laughs> yes, you do. I have a method too. <laughs> For making sure that my socks wear evenly. No I, I, way. Yes, I, I always take the pair from the bottom of the pile. 
That cannot be true. Yes, when I fold that cannot when I, be when true. When I fold my socks, or and you my fold wife your does, socks sometimes. Yes, I do. And you fold your socks. <laughs> yes, I do. Oh my! No, but yeah, I'll take the pair off the bottom because then, um, you know, otherwise, if you take them off the top, you can have a pair at the bottom that never get used. <laughs> Yes, you could. <laughs> and wouldn't that be a tragedy? Are you serious? Really I didn't would. know that about you. Isn't that ridiculous? How have we been friends all these years? <clears throat> oh, Goodness I, I know. gracious. Yeah, then there's the, there's my wife who will just kind of throw her socks in without folding them. And she'll use mine, and she'll walk outside on the concrete with them, and they have holes in them. She goes, oh, sorry. <laughs> well, I tell you what, my boys have taught me to be more organized. Yeah. And the reason why is they use all my underwear. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a 23-year-old and an 18-year-old, and when they're home... Yes, you have they, to hide they go, stuff. They go yeah. trolling in Dad's oh, yeah. underwear drawer. Mm-hmm. And so I've actually had to be more yeah. organized. And so actually, Jana helped me. She We put together this little container that we scoot underneath the bed, and I put oh, all my smart. underwear in there. I hope they're not listening to this podcast. I hope not either. Well, they nobody don't. is at this point. No. Nobody <laughs> signed up for a podcast <laughs> unfolding your socks and underwear. Okay, oh, so okay. so flexibility is needed. I yeah. think, obviously, just to counter our own proclivity to thinking that everything's going to happen, yeah. happen in a linear way, but mm-hmm. weather. So weather yeah. is one thing. Oh, I remember yeah. one time we were in Bozeman. It was like a four or five day. I think it was one of our spring trips, mm-hmm. and it got a foot of snow. Oh, that's right. And yeah. It, it, it kind of took us by surprise, oh, yeah. and I remember we took a day off and drove up to Lewistown, Montana. Remember yeah, that's that? right, because the, the roads cleared off, but... But it was cold and it and, just wouldn't yeah. have been good on the river. No. So we actually just took like yeah. a day in the middle of the trip and yep. didn't fly fish. I think we ended up in the Bozeman Library that day as well because we yeah. we needed to jump online and kind of make some other plans or yeah, do yeah, some yeah, things. Right. That was that was crazy. And yeah, snow can be great for uh, fishing. It's just that we got dumped on. Yeah, we got and, totally dumped. Yeah. But then you know, one day you're fishing and next thing you know, the next day the river you're planning to fish is is completely oh, yeah. muddy. Oh, that happens. I've had the Yellowstone literally begin blowing out as I've been driving over to fish the caddis wow, hatch. Wow, wow, You know, from Bozeman to Livingston. Yeah, it just it, changes. It so weather, does. and we know this, mm-hmm. right? We know that weather is weather, but mm-hmm. it's one reason why flexibility is needed. Yeah, it really is. What's another is. one? Um, I, I think how good the fishing is. You know, we, we've had experiences where... Uh, man, we'll we'll have a terrific day or a terrific season on one stretch of river. Go back there the next day or the next year, and it's boy, it just shut down. Yeah, it's shut down. You really have to make the adjustment, don't you? Yeah. So I remember even where we fish in in the Minnesota Driftless, we had a terrific day there not too long ago. But just the last time we were there, we I, I, in fact I wondered whether we should even go back to the stream, and so. <laughs> It was just so, we just couldn't yeah. get anything mm-hmm. either right. with streamers or nymphs mm-hmm. or dries. So, you know, how good the fishing is, is a reason to be more flexible mm-hmm. and, and not just stay yeah. in one place, right? If it's not good, yep. it's not good. And, Move on. And that has a flip side too, doesn't it, Dave? Yeah, it, totally. And so if something is really good, you should just stay there and fish it and yeah. not go with your plan mm-hmm. to fish another river or stream the next mm-hmm. day. Now, some of you might not have as many uh, opportunities stacked up like what we do on our fishing trips, but sometimes we'll just say, you know what? We're going to fish that day again. We're going to mm-hmm. fish there again yeah. because it was so good. And I remember that with Gardner. Remember we had that oh, one yeah. year. It was so good. We fished yep. that one day. It was great. We thought, 
I think we're coming back. And I think we had a better day the second day. Yeah, we did. So You're right. flexibility is needed mm-hmm. to really jump on opportunities yep. when things are good as well. And this goes back to the previous point we made about uh, going back to the same place you know, year after year. Uh, because it, it takes a while to learn an area. And the reason that we have a lot of, uh, of, of options stacked up is because we fished them more than once. Yeah, and, absolutely. and we've learned by, believe me, we've learned by trial and error. I, I hope that we never come across in our podcast as giving the impression that every day is a great catching oh my day on the gosh. river. Because it is not. And, and the great days that we have, sometimes we just stumble into them. But then that becomes a place where we can go back, and sometimes we'll have another great day, sometimes we won't. But it, it really is critical if, if you're a new fly fisher or if you're thinking about fly fishing a new area. Maybe, you've, maybe you live in the Midwest, you've never gone to Montana, or, or you've never gone back to, uh, to Maine, or you've never gone back to the Adirondacks, whatever it might be. If, if you plan on doing that once, you really ought to plan on doing that again and maybe again yeah that's a great point i think you have overblown expectations when you're planning a big montana trip yes and it's, it's your the first, first time right yeah. mm-hmm. and you just you've heard you know different podcasts yeah. you've mm-hmm. watched videos and you get out there and you go huh meh you yeah. know this was just mm-hmm. hard right and again we don't all have and i certainly don't do you have unlimited budgets to do yeah. this stuff? No, Boy, but I all. do think yeah. this idea, go back again. And yeah. again, I like mm-hmm. that. I, and yeah. learn the area. Yeah, and yeah. it's so that's, critical. That's you know, that, that kind of ties into something else that I, I think we ought to say about why flexibility is needed. And that is, w- when you do that, y- you may have an opportunity that pops up. And, and if you're not flexible, so th- this is what happened. Remember this, Dave? We had Fish Fan Creek. Uh, in in that little stretch of, of Yellowstone on the west side of the park, you know, just kind of on Highway 191 south of Big Sky, and so the end of that day, we we stopped at the Corral Bar and Steakhouse, uh, just north of the the little uh, oh the little Forest Service campground, Red Cliff, yeah. and this is south of Big Sky. So we're at the yeah, Corral yeah. Bar and Steakhouse. This is like five o'clock. We have a trip, a float plan the next day with a friend of ours we're going to float the lower madison and and we're eating dinner i get a phone call from another friend who says hey i can get you on 16 mile tomorrow i it was a friend of ours who was going to take a couple of uh, wounded warrior uh, veterans out and and they couldn't go but he was already scheduled to go and thankfully uh my wife was friends with uh uh, you know the the owner, uh, the, the ranch couple, and my wife, and and uh, this uh, woman had worked together in in the school in, in one of the schools in the Bozeman area, and so you know Dave had said, hey, can I, I bring my friends? And he mentioned my, he said, you might remember Steve he used to live out there. Oh yeah, I know his wife. So we had an opportunity, and I remember thinking, and I, I might have told Dave, yeah, let me check. I don't know if we can, and hung up the phone and, and I'm thinking well we can't because we have a guided trip but it's like oh man we've heard about 16 mile is legendary and so make a long story short we called and, and our other friend who was going to take us the next day 
think it was like going to be, it, we were calling, this was Tuesday, we were going to float the lower, Mad, or the upper Madison. We are going to float yeah, the, the upper, upper Madison yeah, the upper. on Wednesday. We called him and said, hey, is there any chance we have another opportunity? Uh, and he goes, you know what? Actually, Thursday would work just as well. Perfect. So we called up our other friend. Yes, we'll go 16 mile. And we've never regretted oh that decision. Oh, my gosh. Because that was one it's of It's got to be in the top five days oh, of all time. Absolutely for us. And and both in catching fish, but also being there where they where they film the 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 car scene and a river runs through it where it goes into the tunnel. On I mean, the trestle there. Yeah, on that we trestle. fish below the trestle. Oh, yeah. that was a privilege. But all of that, it, and I look back on that and think, you know what? I came pretty close. Maybe you would have talked me out of it, but I came pretty close to saying, well... You know, we can't do it. Uh, we I, I honestly had not heard a 16-mile. Yeah. By the way, Steve, you know that the only reason you and I are friends are because of your connections. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Notice that in this podcast, there's never Dave goes, yeah, you know, and my, my friend over yes. there, he did this, and he got us yes. on here, and that just never happens yeah. because that's why, I don't have any of those. That's why you put up with this <laughs> list-making oldest exactly. child who actually folds his socks. <laughs> and takes the one from the from bottom. From the bottom, yeah. yes. Oh, Lord. Oh, man, I haven't told my wife about that. I, I've got to, she's just going to shake her head. Oh, goodness. No, what will happen if I tell her that? She'll get in and mess them up. Yeah, she will. Um, yeah, my daughter used to go in the our, our bathroom. You know how it is? Your kids use your bathroom. Uh, oh, I hate that. I, I, I threaten, we're going to build a house. I'm just going to build one big bathroom with a, you know, a 30-foot long you know, vanity with about six sinks because everybody uses it. Everybody's going to get their own sink. It is kind of cool. It's a family thing. So anyway, my daughter would always laugh about, you know, man, you have all your stuff in the right place. And I said, yeah, and you come in and it's such a mess. So one day she took all my my shaving stuff and deodorant and all that out and she just lined it up around the sink. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I just just to mock me like you do. For, you would probably be fuddled. What do I do? What do I do? This I, is not organized. I can't function now. <laughs> Help me out. So, no, thanks to you and, and to my wife, I've well, I've learned and to I, I tell you what, I, I to put a real fine point on this. Uh, our great fly fishing trips are solely Steve no, Matthews, well, and I can do research like anybody else. It's but just because I, I don't have there. chops yeah. like you do. Well, it's and I was fortunate to live there and. You know, we, yeah. uh, you make up for that in other areas. I make what sure you be? do. Yeah. Well, yeah. What would that <laughs> what be? What would that yeah. be? <laughs> oh, no. No. Uh, all the technical side of this podcast, I've always said Dave does, uh, Dave does most of the work because it's the tech side of this that's the hard work. No, so, it's not. You've got so, the hard part on the writing all right. on the scripts. Well, let's right. not let's not keep patting each other in the okay. back. Yeah, because <laughs> my hand is hurting yeah, and I'm kind of hungry. That's, yeah, I am too. Yeah, guess what we're going to do when we're done with this podcast? Lunch is calling, huh? Uh, well, what else do we need to say? That's probably about it, right? I mean, I mean, the big big idea of this, and it, it it's patently obvious, but I do think you have to say it, which is. You can be you can overplan trips. Yeah, and if you, you can. do not plan for flexibility, mm-hmm. I think you're going to be disappointed. Right. You're yep. going to miss opportunities like 16 Mile. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I, I just think it's basic to to planning fly fishing trips. When I yep. think how many trips do you think we've done through the years? Oh my goodness. I mean, if you think Counting about all the, the days, all the Wisconsin trips, probably all the 30, 40 trips, right? Oh, at least. Maybe Steve, more. I would say it's over 50 trips. Oh, yeah. Pro- I think you're right. Maybe yeah. it's 195. <laughs> Whatever. 
Whatever. <laughs> I think 50 sounds yeah, about right. Yeah, it's probably 50, yeah. Oh, man. All right. So that's the, yeah, that's the takeaway plan and be flexible. All right. Time for great stuff from our listeners. This is a great comment, great story. Uh, it was a comment on our podcast on crazy moments from a recent fly fishing trip. And this is Bob's comment. It's really Bob's story. He said, I used to drive an old Kia Soul. I had parked it in the lot next to a small stream, and it opened up the hatchback to get my gear on. I was sitting on the rear bumper putting on my waders when I feel the car start to move. I had forgotten to put the car in gear or pull up the emergency brake. It was slowly rolling down an incline towards the sharp drop off of the stream bank. I grabbed the bumper and leaned back, doing so I could keep the car from moving, but I had two problems. One, if I let go, the car would resume its slow creep down the grade towards the stream bank, and two, my waders were around my ankles. All I could think of was how much it was going to cost me to get this towed out of the stream and how much ribbing I would take from the locals when they saw the car with the DC tags in the stream. I finally managed to briefly let go of the bumper, scramble up to the rear wheel well, grab that as the car resumes its roll towards the edge of the bank. Repeating this, I was able to work my way from the rear wheel well to the rear passenger door and then to the driver's door. All the while, I was saying to myself, please, please, please be unlocked, be unlocked, because I realized the keys were in my waiter's pocket around my ankles. <laughs> oh, Lord. It was unlocked. Oh, it was unlocked. I pulled up the brake, put the car in gear, and then looked around to see if anyone was watching. Only the fish. That has got oh, to be the that, best oh, story man. ever. That is amazing, isn't it? Oh, I mean, how scary to think that your car is going to end up in <laughs> the stream. Oh horrible. my goodness! But then you have you have no mobility because your waders are at your ankles. Oh, that is crazy. I I know. It, it, remember, I told you about the time my my brother had his his hunting pants done at his ankles because he cut his thigh with his knife. He was he was uh, kind of cutting cutting up an elk that he got. This is on a mountainside in a in a bull moose, uh, and a cow came roaring out of a thicket right towards him. So he's trying to shimmy over to a tree to get <laughs> he his. He didn't have rifle. his rifle or anything. Not yeah, that he could have shot it because it was. A... But, but that's like this. But this <laughs> this, this is story worse. is amazing. <laughs> but think about that. Your car could end up in a creek. Oh, my goodness. Can you wow. imagine the adrenaline that coursed oh. through his veins or oh, wherever wow. it courses? Oh Bob, this is, a, this is a terrific story. This we, is a classic. We, we hope this kind of thing doesn't happen to you again, but if it does, please please, please send us, us another story. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That is amazing, isn't it? Whew. Well, I don't know how even to segue from that yeah, into into well. hook set, but uh, we always end with hook set. This is where we set the proverbial hook with a with a quote, and uh, uh, today's quote comes from the legendary Joe Brooks. This is what he writes. He says, "These are the rewards of trout fishing. You are far from the grinding clash of traffic, the fumes of civilization." Your mind is completely engrossed in the problem at hand, how to hook that trout. You are far away, far away from the tensions of earning a living. No one has as much fun as a trout fisher. Wow. It's good, isn't it? That is dead on. Man, he yeah. could have written that today. I know. 
Nobody has as much fun as a trout fisher unless uh, you're Bob hanging onto the bumper of your Kia Soul, huh? <laughs> oh, it's man. not so fun. No, no, it's not. <laughs> oh, his life is flashing. Oh. You know, actually, there's a dangerous piece of that. I don't yeah. think if he had gotten in front of the wheel, it's not like that would have rolled up on him. Right. That could have that oh, yeah. put him in a bad spot. Oh, yeah. That's that's a tough deal. Oh, I know. you got to be careful with that. Ooh. Wow. Still still thinking about yeah. that. But, you know, with Joe Brooks' quote, I think what stands out to me is that you really, your mind really is engrossed with the problem at hand. Yeah. And, and I love that about trout fishing. You know, a lot of things that I can do, even getting out and taking a walk, you know, your mind can churn. But, man, when I'm fly fishing, in, in that moment, yeah, I do a lot of thinking on the way to the river. And even as I'm, sometimes I'll sit down and my mind will chew on something. But when I'm actually in the moment fly fishing, that's the only thing I'm thinking yeah, about. That there's that is just full truth right there. That is good. Well, man, that is a... That's enough uh, for today. I've got uh, socks to fold, and we, we've got to go to lunch. I learned something uh, about you that I did oh, not know. I can't believe I shared that in a moment of yeah. weakness. I feel closer to you right oh, now. Yeah. yeah, I feel like an idiot is what I feel like. Okay, before this gets any worse, that is going to do it. All right. Thanks again for listening. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. Until next time, we are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing.